0: the future a relentless desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war with the destruction of the internet and search engines such as google accurate information about the past is traded like currency two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. Wait, what? There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground Are you in the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the Crispy Coated Robots, and it must succeed.
1: Hey, it's Jim. And it's Joseph. And it's George. Welcome, welcome to episode 196. Crispy coated robots, very excited about this one. This is guilty pleasures for the, the guiltiest. guiltiest. <laughs> the guiltiest. So, with everything happening in the world right now, it just feels like we should be serious all the time. Uh, but sometimes you got to kind of give into that just that innocent joy of just a good old fashioned guilty pleasure movie, you know, it's the kind of movie that you'd feel maybe a little embarrassed about, or maybe not, you know, just uh, foolish admitting that you watch it, that you like it. And you certainly wouldn't go around listing it as amongst your favorite film, but uh, that's what we do here. We, we break that mold. Uh, sometimes you just need to sit down and mindlessly shove some popcorn in your face and uh, watch a guilty pleasure movie. So uh, today's a little different in the respect as we've done with previous guilty pleasure movie uh, topics. Um, We only have five. Uh, We don't have a second category. So uh, this should be a pretty interesting show. Now still only 10 items from this category can make it in. Yeah. We've got 15 Uh, and I think, I I don't think we've ever matched on a guilty pleasure movie. So we will be, uh, debating and trying to get our five in, uh, or not. I don't know. You know, this is, this
2: is sort of of a coming out kind of episode because this is where you're like, you know, (laughs) saying, you know what, I've, I've, I've had the secret and by gosh, I'm going to be proud of it i'm going to be proud of my choices here you know right. uh so with joseph
1: what are, what are you proud of for number five let's just- <laughs> number well, five.
2: Though, means that yeah. it's, it's
0: not all about uh, like a guilty pleasure that has to be bad it could be something that you might have seen that not a lot of people have seen that you want to change yeah, too. So that's absolutely. a whole other
2: way of doing it too. So I am hoping to I'm hoping to recruit people to my oh, to okay. my choices. <laughs> that's the whole you know? sickness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I'm, kind
0: of like uh undiscovered or lost in time a little bit. some of it's pretty bad. But uh yeah. Joseph, what is your number five?
2: So uh another criteria that I use for mine is that uh I it's not like I've watched it once and I enjoyed it. This is something that I'm like if I'm like scrolling through Netflix or Amazon prime or whatever, and I see it, I'm like, man, I'm going to watch it again. I know I shouldn't, but I am. And so my number five,
1: like me, Joseph, my, my list is comprised of if, if there's nothing else on, I'll put in, I have DVDs of all of these. I'll put in this DVD. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So
2: like you're, you're making a choice there and you're, you're, you're questioning yourself. You're questioning yeah. <laughs> yourself a little bit so uh my number five uh is uh hot rod from uh, 2007 uh andy sandberg uh who is a self proclaimed plays a self proclaimed stuntman uh This is a comedy forest of, of eccentric characters and everything about this movie is just a joy. There is no, there's no dull part for me. There's no like ebb and flow. This movie just goes and it just has a quick pace and it's just fun. Uh, And it's one of those things where the absurd, just you you just sort of accept it. You know Uh, I think one of the best (laughs) The best things about it is uh, Ian McShane, who plays his stepfather, oh, and uh, he, he wants to get the respect of his stepfather, <laughs> and so they're constantly fighting. Yes. Yeah, he's on his deathbed, you know, with it. But uh, he also shares uh, the limelight with his pretend brother, who's his actual real-life partner in crime and all of his stuff they he does, which is Jarma, uh, drama, uh Tacone am I saying that right uh yeah one of the
0: Lonely Island crew yeah
2: yeah one of the Lonely Island crew guys and stuff like that and so uh I love this movie I think it's great you know I have this thing I think she's just awfully cute Isla Fisher uh and what I I think one of the things I'm really attracted about her is that she's a cute girl that uh as an actress is very comedic she plays the parts well and this one she sort of plays the straight part. Uh, but nonetheless, it's really good. Uh, of course the great Will Arnett playing a douche and he plays a douche better than anyone else. So, uh, oh, yeah. hot rod is my number now, five.
1: I get this confused sometime with another movie of his, uh, the pop star never stops.
0: Uh, yeah, don't stop. I stopping. I think was on one of our guilty pleasure lists. Or something, oh, let,
2: like let's maybe. not talk about that, guys. Well,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Is, is this
1: not... one? Well, I need to ask you something. Okay. Is, is Hot Rod the one with the flamethrower and the bees, or is no, that that's the other uh, pop star?
2: That's okay. pop star. Right. Yeah, that's okay. pop star. This yeah. this okay. one is pretty much he has. A moped. No, I I remember (laughs) the jumps. Yeah. I
1: I remember the jumps and everything.
2: Uh, (laughs) George,
0: what is your number five? Uh, We talked about this
1: uh, back in our Steve Martin episode, uh, one of our early episodes. Uh, It is a rags to riches to rags story directed by Carl Reiner in 1979. It is The Jerk. So Steve Martin plays uh, Navin Johnson, simple-minded simple-minded sheltered Mississippi country boy who uh finds out he is not black, uh you know, born to a black family somehow. And uh but he goes to find his fame and fortune in the big city. And um the uh idea came really out of Martin's routine, his stand-up stuff off of the uh, comedy album Let's Get Small. But um, it's the ninth highest grossing picture in 1979, which I just love that because this movie kind of came out of nowhere. Martin was big with his comedy stuff, but sometimes the comedians don't translate to film. But this is uh, the beginning of that success. Uh, Grossed over $100 million. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, great director Stanley Kubrick that we talk about all the time on the show. Big admirer of this film. he would often quote lines to the cast uh and even uh, invited Steve Martin over one time so they could play uh, play chess. Uh, okay, uh Tom says it's episode nine. Steve Martin rolls in uh best desserts, but uh that is my
0: number five guilty pleasure. the jerk. All right. My number five, what do you do when you get critical acclaim being in a Martin Scorsese film in 1982, probably your best acting in years? You, of course, revert to what you know. And that's what Jerry Lewis did in 1983 with the (laughs) movie title Smorgasbord. uh, And it was released (laughs) as cracking up here in the uh, States. I never saw it like ever playing in a theater. I just know it went straight to the movie channel. And I watched it over (laughs) and over and over (laughs) again because it was so bad. It was good. There were scenes that uh, RIP Matt Stevens, he taped this. We went over to his house and we watched the French scene over and over again. I don't know it was funnier, how bad the scene was, or Matt's commentary about the French scene being so bad. You just be TV, go, jeez, get like almost get mad at the scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a,
1: a, a personal attack against it, him. Yes, it's
0: like uh, it's. It, there's, and there's one scene where it looks like Jerry just has the camera just rolling, and he's just riffing. He just you know, and nothing's funny, and it's just it's just awesome. Uh, Milton Burrell is in this. Sammy Davis Jr. is in this. Foster Brooks, one of my favorites, is the, oh, yeah. is the uh, uh, Jolly Facts and pilot who's drunk. Dick Buckus is in this movie is the anti-smoking enforcer. Uh, basically, it's about a, uh, very loosely, it's a, about a guy named Warren who, uh, you know, tries to commit suicide and can't even do that because he's so clumsy. He has a disease known as Wayne Downer's leak. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just a series of terrible skits that I love. And, uh, Jerry Lewis, this beats out hardly working for me that almost made it, but cracking up takes it to the next level. And that is my number five guilty.
1: Let me ask you, Jim, had you seen it before you started watching it with Matt? Were you aware of it, or was he? Yeah, I was. But interdu- then it just okay. got
0: it just got fun because we he, he the French scene was and basically oh, yeah. the the gist of the French scene is Jerry Lewis is is sent to Devil's Island for life, and he and he actually um, uh, makes a dummy to escape. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he makes the dummy, and ab- apparently you, the dummy ends up escaping and Jer- you yes. know falling under this horse, and you know au revoir <laughs> dummy, have fun in Paris. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was became, it was almost like our very own, um, very own mystery science theater in front of watching this thing all the time. Uh, but cracking up is my number five. We're back to Joseph. What is your number four?
2: Okay. This is a real guilty pleasure because I know it's not supposed to be good. Uh, but I, I just enjoy it. Uh, it is grandma, grandma's boy, uh, from 2006. This is Alan Carvert, uh, who is (laughs) uh, the basically he's part of the the Adam Sandler crew. Yeah, Uh, yeah. you've seen him on a lot of yeah, yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, and so he's just uh, he plays this basically thirty five year old video game tester, uh, and it's this company that is ran by Kevin Nealon, who plays sort of this, you know crystal loving, hippie guru kind of guy, you know, on it. It has uh, Linda Cardell- Cardellini uh, in it, who is from Freaks and Geeks. She played the sister with it. It has a very, very young Jonah Hill in it yeah. that has a bit part in it. But this is one of those things that there are certain scenes that make me laugh. I wait for it, the expectation, all that. Yeah. I can't really tell the scene. I can't not go into detail about the scene, but I'm going to just sort of (laughs) talk around it. So hopefully, again, I'm trying to recruit people to this show. So they'll be like, what is he talking about? So uh, basically, the scene involves him having to spend the night at a friend's house. No, that's and, Nick
0: Swartzen, and the great thing about Nick Swartzen, when his friends, he's old, he's old, but he refers to his mom and dad as his roommates, and he still sleeps <laughs> in his race carpet,
2: yeah, yeah. race car bed, and all that. <laughs> and so, there <laughs> yeah. just there's an incident that goes on there that I laugh at every time. <laughs> so uh, there you go, Grandma's boy. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. Shirley wish. Jones, a dirty, a dirty, dirty speaking uh, Shirley Jones.
0: Yeah, and the, the best thing about one, the, the best is the villain, JP, who's the other oh, yeah. programmer who thinks he's a robot, walks around all the time. That is not right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah. There's yeah. his robot voice the entire movie, which is, I <laughs> thought, was the funniest part of Joel
2: it. Joel David Moore, who, who's yeah. great. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs>
0: I don't gangly,
2: like you. you know, sort of this yeah, gangly yeah. character actor <laughs> kind
0: of thing. He so. makes the robot moving noise, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, George, what's your number four?
1: My number four goes back to 1973. It is Westworld uh, from author and director Michael Crichton. It's this ridiculously fun sci fi Western horror, uh, kind of a satire about a futuristic part where all of the uh, entertainers uh, are androids that look like human. They go haywire and they start killing everybody. And uh, Yule Brenner he does a robot riff on kind of his magnificent seven character. And, uh, anyway, it just, the park starts going bad. This is the same guy that wrote Jurassic park where you have a theme park that the attraction goes crazy and starts killing people. But, um, Yul Brynner is the robotic bad guy gunslinger. And when his safety measures stop working, uh, he starts hunting, uh, Richard Benjamin and, uh, He's on the run, uh, for the remainder of the movie. And, uh, again, what's interesting is as cheesy as this movie is Brenner, he's captivating when you watch him. he does, he doesn't have very many lines, you know, you talking to me, boy, you know, uh, he's got a a, a very little dialogue, but he is just a chilling haunting character. But, uh, that's my number four, uh, go to guilty pleasure Uh Westworld
0: all right uh my number four talked about on the show a couple times from 1979 it's the fish haven't you haven't you heard <laughs> the fish that saved pittsburgh joseph has recently put this on our plex and i've been i watched it three times already uh just because <laughs> the, the the thing that gets because it is a bad movie the thing that gets washed away in this is the amazing soundtrack by God, so good Hart. and i mean i'm uh uh it's Tom Bell. I'm sorry, Tom Bell put the soundtrack together, which is so good. Uh, even the disco songs are good, and the the mighty yep. mighty Pisces song, and even uh, how can you make a song called "The Fish" and say Pittsburgh, where they did, and it's jamming. So uh, basically, it's it's a bunch of miscasts They they get a, a Pittsburgh has a losing basketball team, and they decide to restructure it based upon the advice of Stocker Channing's. Uh, Mona who's an astrologer and so it's a team of all Pisces so you have some great characters Julius Irving has written this is the big piece in this but I really like Jack, Jack Kehoe who he's known for Midnight Run is uh, kind of like uh, the Dennis Farina the the bail bondsman playing set shot Buford yep. in this Jonathan Winters um, uh, Nicholas Pryor even Emma yeah. Walsh makes an appearance in this film oh, yeah. um, Marv Alpert and then a very young Harry Shearer is in this as a sportscaster and, so,
2: and don't forget the 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 cameo you can call it more of a cameo flip wilson yes oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> he gets a, he gets a credit he's in like the first three minutes and he just leaves it's like flip said i got other stuff to do i'll be in the movie I'll sure. sell the movie." yeah you know? <laughs> that's about it but yeah debbie allen also this is one of her first movies the uh director and choreographer who went on to bigger and better things but fish that say pittsburgh 1979 is my number four on to number three. Oh, will you take an intermission today or I don't know? Uh, number three. What is your number three, Joseph?
2: Uh, it's all about sensibilities. Like certain, certain movies, they just work. You know, you there's a connection. And for me, this particular movie uh, that I'm going to be introducing as my number three is something that in the theaters, I was laughing and I realized, oh, I think it's me laughing (laughs) because I was laughing the hardest people were laughing, but I was laughing the hardest. I recommended it to my older brother. He thought it was absolutely hilarious and it did not do well. And I'm talking about 2014's a million ways to die in the West. Uh, This is Seth MacFarlane's live action uh, of his actually wrote like, uh, I guess it was a, a short story, a novella, of of this and he translated it and i think there are some of the funniest scenes in there like it's one of these he he this movie is very much like the family guy which is it's just one joke after another kind of thing uh but what really makes it for me is that you know mcfarlane really plays more or less he plays albert a sheep farmer and he's challenging the notion of all these western tropes that you know both the the western genre if you will you know yeah. of all these tropes and all that uh, Charlize uh, theron is uh the love interest of course the the heavy in this is liam neeson and uh what that i alone think is is a lot of fun it's so much fun, but I think the best part for me is uh Neil Patrick Harris playing Foy, who is sort of the the nemesis, you know. Uh he's not the villain necessarily, but he's definitely the nemesis. And uh him crapping in the hat, I it's just baseless trash humor, and I laugh every time. So a million ways to die in the west is my number three. Gotcha. Nice. George, what's your number
1: three? My number three, probably the best spoof of the musical uh, biography and film genre. It is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story from 2007, uh, written by Judge Apatow. Uh They have no cliches, untouched, uh, kind of like you're talking about with the Western genre. This, everything, uh, deadly uh, satire of all those deadly serious uh, biopics. Um, such as Walk the Line. It's a lot based on the Johnny Cash story. Uh, but John C. Riley received a Grammy nomination for the title song of the movie, which is just <laughs> funny in itself. If you want to check out more about us talking about his roles and role in this, you can go to episode 144, the Riley O'Reilly episode. But uh, number
2: three for me, Walk Hard, Tim Dewey Meadows or Tim Meadows is yes. the
1: best. You, know, <laughs> you don't want any of this. I don't <laughs> think I do.
0: Yeah. All right. My number three is another basketball movie, this time from 1977. And at one time in the seventies, Robbie Benson kind of ruled oh. the seventies. He was in a series of films and he was kind of a heartthrob. One was owed to Billy Joe. And the other one was uh, right after that was uh, from 1977, one on one playing a basketball player who's, you know, a big giant uh, hit in his home, small hometown uh, playing high school. But he goes to the big college and he's challenged by G.D. Sprodlin, the great actor, character actor, doesn't get enough uh, credit. Of course, you remember him from The Godfather as the senator who gets set up by Michael Corleone, who he gives him the whole uh, in Utah, gives him the whole speech about he not wanting to support him and all that stuff and wanting money. Um, but he plays the coach here and he's the heavy of the piece. Robbie Benson's character somehow gets like kind of blacklisted and put through all these kind of challenges where he's not gonna play, you know, he's gotta give up a scholarship and he refuses to give up a scholarship. So they keep on putting these big challenges on him. In the end, he gets Annette O'Toole and he hits the winning shot, comes in yeah. there and proves the coach wrong. And in the great line at the end, he says, You could take that scholarship and shove it up your a and the movie is over so great uh, basketball movie from 1977 robbie benson playing basketball and i I'm, remember this I'm one ready. like robbie
2: benson's like not even six foot tall right right I, I, yeah I, I, but i think the most the 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 film that i remember him the most and because i love this film i love this film and i'm glad you're mentioning it which is the one that he plays the native american uh, running brave, track star running brave <laughs> Like how? Like talk about like whitewashing. That was like the worst because I think they actually put some type of suntan yeah. on yeah. him to, yeah, to give him, him color. You know, but yeah. So good. Yeah. I
1: will say I this stands a chance of me voting for it because I remember a scene, not even critical to the plot. I remember a scene involving Annette O'Toole and he she is his tutor okay he's got to get good grades to to play and they're in her bedroom i think and uh she's not nothing funny's going on but she leans over the bed to pick up a book or something do you all know the scene i'm talking about no i'm looking up right now that's
0: yeah that's <laughs> i do know that yeah yeah that's yeah.
1: the and and she says if you studied your books as much as you study my I'll use your word, Jim, a, uh, you know, uh, but I can still remember that is burned into my memory. That's the day I became a man is that scene. nice? Uh, so Jim, I will probably vote for this. One just on, I, I didn't, I don't even think I knew that there was basketball in this, but I could draw <laughs> that scene, you know, with a crayon, I can draw that image. Cause, uh, perfect, perfect. So gotcha.
0: Um, All right, uh, let's go to number two then. Uh, Joseph, what is your number two?
2: I I think Tom's like signaling us.
0: Oh, he's going to do so. Oh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Okay. Uh, This is E.T. on Atari. So let's go ahead and give a listen. What does that mean?
1: like the worst game ever it, 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 they blamed that killed the Atari you know they had a, a landfill with all these uh, cartridges
2: well you know they they normally take like six months they were taking like six to eight months to develop this stuff this stuff was developed in less than two months they just sort of threw it together. And then the worst thing that they did is let Spielberg like edit it, like critique it, which is not saying much because if you ever played the game, which I did, I owned it, I was one of the suckers. You would you would always fall in this hole and you couldn't get out, so you'd have to restart it every time.
1: Yeah, that's that. You bl- just bl- bl- yeah noise. fall
2: in, and it made no sense at all. There was no logic to the game.
1: There's not even a
2: hole or thing in the
1: movie. Oh
2: no, no! You just get trapped there. Because wasn't the objective you you get Reese's pieces or something? Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to get Reese's pieces. This was made by the same programmer that did Yars' Revenge, and he's just like, yeah, I get blamed for this, but basically, it was a, a money grab, and they were just like, we need to, we need this thing to come out for Christmas. And ET had just, you know, uh been a huge hit at the box office. So there you what, go. What
0: could go wrong? What could go wrong? A lot. Uh a lot. <laughs> number two for you, Joseph. What do you got?
2: Okay. My only entry from the twentieth century, because all mine have been like two thousand plus, you know. That's uh, not
1: helping us it, vote for me Is
2: is uh nineteen eighty sixes, big trouble in little china. Uh, uh Yeah, this is this is, you know, John Carpenter and uh, Kurt Russell and Kim Cottrell, who's in it. And it is it is one of those John Carpenter movies where you just don't question anymore because there's just it's the kitchen sink is involved in this plot. You know, a, a truck driver that ends up battling supernatural martial artists, gods. Uh, all yeah. you know, it it has everything in it. It just has everything in it. And it really shouldn't work. It really shouldn't work, work. Uh, because Russ Kurt Russell is doing a John Way impression the entire movie, uh, <laughs> with it itself. Uh, it's true, it, and yet. Th- I really enjoy this. There's something. This is where, like I said, it's a guilty pleasure of like I get joy out of it. I know I shouldn't, but I do. Uh, so that is my number two. Big Trouble in Little China. I think that moment when I forget the name of the character, but he inflates. Yes, his face just <laughs> and doesn't
1: steam come out of his ears or something. It does. I mean, it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's
2: it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah
1: all right george yeah. what is your number two so this series uh it received negative reviews from the critics okay hard uh but it amassed this kind of strong fan base uh and has grossed over 540 million uh, against a, a combined budget of so this is a series of movies uh two uh 207 million i think but it is the Underworld film series from 2003 all the way to uh, 2016. And um, it's about a war between vampires and werewolves called Lycans. in the film. Uh, Kate Beckinsale is Celine. She's a vampire warrior who kind of defies her order in the first movie and falls in love with this. Uh, It's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet falls in love with this werewolf guy or whatever. Gratefully, they kind of left that plot uh, for the other movies, but you've got underworld. That's 2003 underworld evolution, 2006 underworld rise of the lichens, 2009 underworld awakening, 2012 underworld blood wars, 2016. And there have been rumors kicking around for a while about a TV series Um, between Sony pictures, television and 20th century television that, uh, we might see at least this world building. I I can't imagine they get Beck and sell, but, uh, that we get some of these characters back, but, uh, just the whole film series when it comes on. I, I own some of these, uh, Sabrina, my wife loves them. Uh, but it is just such garbage. It is so stupid. But it's just uh, you know, it's all about it's the aesthetics. like Matrix vampire.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's about the aesthetics. This is this is sexy, cool vampire storytelling. You know, yeah. uh, you know where vampires are often you know considered to be more like goth. You know, they're sort of lamenting around and all that. This is action packed. This is a good uh, one, George, because I'm the same. They have
1: weapons and and cars and they uh it's it's basically the matrix if it was
0: vampires yep, yep. and and in a, a sense so but that's my All number right. 2 my number 2 uh is uh trifecta for director michael schultz on these shows i believe i he's the director of sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band which i put in a guilty pleasure also the director of scavenger hunt which i put in the uh-huh. very first time we did our Uh, I think both of them were in the first selections for me. Uh, It is a remake, believe it or not, of a 1972 Italian comedy film called The Seduction of Mimi, and it it has a song by Stargard. It was changed the name to Which Way Is Up, and it's Richard Pryor doing three roles before Eddie Murphy went, went that way. Is Leroy Jones, the orange picker who becomes a union leader and has two women at the same time. Rufus Jones, which is his grandfather who had I mean, it's his father who had that great line: "Somebody stole my piece of chicken." And then uh, Reverend Lennox Thomas, who is a crooked reverend, but you have this story going on where he he has the two women at the same time, and you have one of them who he's married to, played by Margaret Avery, is anime, and they say how how um, you know uh, sheltered she is and how prudish she is. And there's one scene when they she finally breaks out of her prudish, involving a a vibrator. <laughs> mm. And uh, Richard Pryor's lying on the bed, he's like, Where are you gonna put that? You hear, nee, and then you hear, I still see that. You wouldn't say ass earlier, but but you'll yeah saving it up for this. Okay, I just love the sound. The sound crew did a great Foley job on this because he's like, Where are you gonna put that? and he goes like, Oh, but uh such a it's a fun movie The the thing about it is, i think people were were what you know kind of that same kind of period as the serious movie he did with paul schrader blue collar and stuff like that and this is richard Pryor just being richard primer this edged yeah. out for me another performance from bingo long uh, traveling all-stars and motor oh, Kings, so which good would probably, which will probably end up that's the only thing about that when that is actually a regarded as a a good film this gets a bad rap but three, three Richard Pryor's, you know, it's, it's, it's worth a watch. Which way is up is my number two guilty pleasure. We're nice. on to number one, Joseph, what do you got?
2: Number one is my second entry because I did not choose in previous episodes of guilty pleasure. My number one is my second entry from Andy Sandberg, And that is pop star. Never stop. Never stopping from 2016. I have to say, I think this is my favorite movie, uh, replacing Tommy Boy, Uh, because I used to tell everyone, you know, they're like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, I I couldn't tell you what my favorite movie is, but I can tell you which movie I've seen more times than any other. And that was always Tommy Boy. This is, I think, starting to challenge that notion because, you know, it's constantly on one of the streaming services. Uh, I have it. Uh, and I find myself watching it over and over again, because like Tommy boy, it's, it's like having a, a light snack. Whenever you watch it, you don't get exhausted. Uh, you know, the lines, you know, you know, the scenes that are coming and all that, and it's just enjoyable every time. So uh, that's my number one for my guiltiest pleasure. So this came so close to hitting my list. If we had six,
1: this would, because the, the music. Yes. the songs are great they're foul i can't say the name of my favorite song <laughs> right it has something to do with obama uh, not obama but uh, uh, uh bin uh, laden bin <laughs> laden <laughs> uh but it is so good and uh you see they were a boy band a threesome and then uh he kind of does his own solo thing and does them dirty really uh and yeah, he's still got one of the guys, but he makes him wear that big helmet, you know, that I said, think... I'm basically pushing this button, you know. <laughs> yes. But, uh, exactly.
2: Again, so uh Jarma Tacone yeah. uh is 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 in this one. Actually, all three of them are in it. Yeah. Uh, the, and, and they the, actually that the marshmallow yeah.
0: like head on it's too heavy for. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> But uh and, yeah. Uh this this
1: is the one everybody that has the greatest scene of bees and the flamethrower. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and again it has uh the manager, who's the manager? Uh, that Tim Meadows. Tim, Meadow. Tim
2: Meadows. He, he's yeah. all over these these movies. He, he's all over them. But yeah, this oh. this is this is so good because I mean Everything from – it's the details. I think the details is what's really great about it because even he has uh, Adam Levine, uh, Levine, yeah. however you say yeah, it. Levine. You know, Levine, yeah. Levine uh, as a hologram, he's talking about how crazy expensive it is. And they basically have Adam Levine's image, sort of having sex with himself, uh, <laughs> in it in the background, and it's like that's not the joke. That's just sort of a detail oh, that yeah. they put behind yeah. all the chaos that's going on that's what makes it so great is that you're after multiple views you just pick up on little things here and yeah. there and you're like oh my gosh that's great
1: i love the gag about releasing it on the smart fridge the new album <laughs> yes
2: <Yeah. laughs> because that's the whole youtube apple thing that oh, that yeah. was that, oh, that yeah. was you know everyone was like i don't want this on my my uh, my ipad I, I
1: or whatever i still don't i'm a youtube fan i still still don't like the fact that in the middle of the night, they busted in and put music on my iPod. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> right. <so. sighs> All right, George, well, what's your number one? Well, my number one, get ready, Jim, because we might need an impersonation coming up here. Sean Connery lost a role in Chariots of Fire, which went on to win Best Picture, because this movie went over schedule. I'm talking about Outland. Outland, yes. Peter he Boyle Marshall. and myself for in Outland. One of my favorite Peter Boyle roles, which is saying a lot because he was young Frankenstein uh, or Frankenstein. Um, but uh, he plays Marshall O'Neill, who's assigned to a mining colony on, on one of the moons of Jupiter, EO or Io, depending on how you want to say that. And uh, the miners are dying because there's some uh, illegal amphetamine there. Spoiler. Uh, there's a bit of a detective work where O'Neill f- follows the trail and he finds the conspiracy that Peter Boyle, he's the head of the company, is indirectly uh, supplying the drug to increase worker productivity. Uh, but the movie is a futuristic remake of of Gary Cooper's High Noon uh, from 1952. The killers are on their way to kill the marshal. Uh, and he finds himself abandoned by his deputies and none of the residents are willing to stand with him. Um, but here's something I, I found out recently about it. The script was originally to be a Western movie, but when alien in 79 just blew up, they were like, oh, we got to make it in outer space. Uh, Peter, uh, Hyman's or Hyams, I guess. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the result is obvious, you know, he's going to win. Okay, uh there's never any doubt, but it's still fun to watch where the hero get there and it is a solid performance by Connery. Uh he's just kind of this staunch stalwart uh protagonist, you know, hero uh and doing what's right despite everybody telling him to turn a blind eye. So saw this movie in the theater with my father and uh it uh I own it of course like I said with all of these I own them and uh it just, it, to me, it still holds up even when you know what's going to happen. Got a unique uh, look to, it. That's I think, my number one,
0: I think you're right. I think being too close to alien kind of hurt it because it had the same kind of feel, but it had a unique look to the, to the whole, um uh, it's movie. that
1: lived in, they, they kind of took Ridley Scott's lived in universe mm-hmm. look. And some people have said that Outland actually is, uh, a part of that universe, uh, or could be, uh, I don't know about that, but, uh, there's nothing to disprove it in the film, but, uh, good stuff. Outland 1981.
0: All right. Uh, my number one, uh, which is from 1976, but I first saw it about six months ago on uh, Paramount plus it's the first time I had a chance to see this. I was surprised it was on there. Uh, it stars Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley, Steve and Nathan, who you know, you might not know him as an actor. He went later went on to be the showrunner for Bones and Bruce Kimmel, who's a writer. You've seen him a lot of 70s stuff. It is the first nudie musical, and when I saw this, I was like, this is actually pretty good, uh, pretty clever for the time. Basically, a son of a, a famous studio owner has an idea to save the studio by making a nudie musical, and yes, they have the numbers and they have the dancing parts and everything but cindy williams is so cute in this movie she plays the assistant trying to get everything off the ground uh and ron howard actually has a cut cameo in the first nudie musical as one of the actors auditioning which was hilarious to me uh because it was definitely in the height of kind of the happy days uh and it's amazing that cindy williams um did this in the had happy days, but Bruce Kimmel, they must have some special relationship because this just beat out spaceship, which was the other offering with both of them with Leslie Nielsen, which was the takeoff of alien with the, uh, alien singing. I want to eat your head. And the Patrick Magoon character says, this is fascinating. <laughs> and, but, uh, <laughs> as far as the songs on this one, it, it's good. And it's got some really good uh, satire to it. Um, funny jokes. Uh, it is, it is a bit dated with the, with the wardrobe, but if you can sit through it, it is a funny watch., uh, I'm surprised they have a wardrobe, yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> you know, they do for the uh for the directors. The, the, one of the scenes too there they ha- in the court in the order to make the movie, they have to hire a the son or nephew of the uh, people financing it and he knows nothing about movie making. so they keep on sending him out to get donuts. <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> it's a stupid side gag, but it works. uh, so the first nudie musical, which features Cindy Williams. And, uh, actually Diana Canova from soap is in this too. So there's a lot of kind of like, you see a lot of seventies actresses and actresses from TV kind of on the rise here. So, uh, that is Frank, my number Frank one. Frank Doubleday. Frank Doubleday is in it. Frank Doubleday. Mm-hmm. Oh, what is, what is he from? Oh.
1: Escape Our, from New York.
0: Okay. Okay. There we <laughs> He's go. He's the
1: crazy punk guy in Escape right. from New York. <laughs> the, yeah. the fact that I know that, uh you is, know that that's uh, interesting uh, that, but it is a watch don't get escape fooled. from new york was in one of my other guilty pleasure
0: episodes <laughs> but uh yeah, like i said i know the titles is kind of tough to get around but uh, if you watch it it's pretty funny all right so there we go there's our guilty pleasures now it's deciding time for the top 10 of our guilty pleasures to make it in well i'm okay. going to tell you
1: i'm going to go ahead and cast a vote for pop star uh because like i've I championed that, that
0: movie before too on this show so yeah. that that definitely will make it yeah
1: and yeah. i could i could vote for this one for that that one moment <laughs> we should uh, just just because just one <laughs> I won, yeah.
0: yeah that's a good one
1: uh yeah i don't know robbie, what do you benson. Think? robbie I know, benson i think it's great future. i, I don't, don't even care about robbie benson he's not what Send
2: i'm tools in
0: but into the future there we
2: go <laughs> let's do it are we doing it? Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, I'm going to play in the fish because I was thinking about the fish. I say Pittsburgh too, Jim, just yeah, because the music, just the music alone, <laughs> it deserves to be in there. Yeah. Uh, All right, that's three.
0: Yeah, that is three. Um,
2: okay. Uh, I am a fan
0: of grandma, uh, a grandma's boy. You know, I, I watched that multiple times. So uh, I do, you know, it's, it's kind of funny how he's given each one of his crew a starring role grandma's yeah. boy and then you have bucky that terrible bucky one with with uh nick <laughs> schwartzen in it yeah bucky the porn star or whatever just that that, that one's hard yeah, to watch yeah these
1: are the um uh happy gilmore or yeah yeah, yeah the, 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 the production company what is the it whole crew uh gilmore i can't happy. it's uh, happy
0: madison happy, happy madison, madison yes yeah. Yeah. yes part of the whole happy so are madison. we are we putting that in grandma's boy I mean, I, 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 I'm good I say with it. we
1: if if Jim will describe the scene that you sort of <laughs> described. Then he, it was goes at, he was
0: at his uh, roommate's house, and he was a little feeling a little uh, anxious, or you know, so he actually used a doll to uh, relieve himself.
2: Okay. But that's it not where in. it stops. That that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, oh, okay. That's not, yeah, yeah. This is what happens after that. After that you know what? Somebody George, the door. I, yeah. They, they, we're just going to have, you need to watch it. You, you need, need to watch, to watch it. it. Hopefully, well, we'll do it. Hopefully, we'll have someone we, to actually. So,
1: we're sending this to the future. They're going to watch it. There you go. Yes. Are we doing they it? Are, okay. Uh, yes, I've always been a I fan want...
0: of the jo- Joseph and I are fans of the jerks, but I, I don't consider that a guilty pleasure because I think so many people like it. Well, my, yeah. again, my criteria
1: was whenever the family is away, because. Uh, I'm locked into watching what they watch and I can't like, if we're watching a series right now, we're watching band of brothers. I can't watch that without them. Cause then everybody gets mad. Like you went ahead, you know, God. so this is, this is the stuff I put on when they're away, which is most of the time, interestingly. Uh, so, I can watch these. These are, these are George movies. These are dad movies here oh, I got that you. I can watch. And, uh,
2: I mean, the jerk you know. is one of the most quotable films ever. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I shared that story with you guys when we were talking about, uh, freaks and geeks of how the opening episode in the, in the first episode, first season opening episode of the entire series, uh, they have the, the, the geeks, Of the group you know these freshmen and they are just quoting the jerk and i remember watching them like oh my gosh someone had a camera in middle school of jim and i just going over the line but to jim's
1: point how how guilty is it because it's actually watchable but the only thing on here that is just garbage trash uh is underworld uh those while they're well, done magnificently cracking up? <laughs> uh well no i'm no, talking cracking about up, out of out of my list okay oh, yeah uh,
2: cracking up is definitely the worst <laughs> I, I would say of all these films yeah. easily cracking up is is the worst because uh, well, do, i like do, which do way is up
0: that? which way yeah cracking up cracking I, I, up
1: I'll, or uh, i could go for big trouble in little china because that's just bizarre
2: but just again that so- is a
1: that's a a cult classic now yeah it's a cult classic movies. but it's
2: so bizarre they're, they're like like it's a cult classic but no one should like it that much yeah. you know <laughs> like look like, it has everything working against it uh i, I i'll go with which way is up jim because yeah. uh uh that is that is a good one that's one of those that uh you you do tend to forget about it in the series of the richard pryor stuff yeah but it's very funny. I mean, it's just very funny. It's very it's funnier dated. than the toy.
0: It's kind of like you know. Only him oh, and Peter yeah. Sellers. Peter Sellers were doing the you know multiple parts back then. Yeah, now, right? Everybody's doing them now.
2: I would All say. Right, let's so which which doing, ways which way up? Is up? Big okay. Trouble in Little China.
1: When uh, Joseph, we only have. Oh no, we have. Do we, we have, have ten, two? George. Yeah. We have. Oh, ten. okay. I forgot how the show worked. <laughs> big trouble in little china
0: i forgot because yeah. we don't I've have always like walk hard but i've always kind of thought that was a a, yeah. a good movie too that you
2: know but I, I put walk hard in there because that's one of those things that uh, my wife thinks i'm dumb for watching it so many times she doesn't get it that's Again, where it the is music sort of, is amazing that, that's what it is sort of a guilty pleasure the, yeah the, the little man song you
1: know. <laughs> okay so walk hard okay so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, three more boys. Let's play a
2: Westworld because is that, is actually that a made a whole I think one of on the oh,
0: first oh. version of Guilty Pleasures, I had Future World. No, oh, yes, did you? yes. Yeah. Nice. No, Which is awful. people consider to this, be bad. this is
1: watchable, but uh, like I said, yeah. I, I can only watch it so many times in front of them. They're like again, it's like this is brilliant, you know so one more, right,
2: one, two, three, four, six, I two more, sorry, okay, uh I'm gonna say underworld because I do watch that, and you're right, George. It's just the aesthetics of it. I know I shouldn't like it, you know i th- I think it I think it's underworld I think it's a little under blade, but it's right there with blade. You know, they,
1: you know, uh, they were talking, this is the truth. They were talking about doing a crossover. Uh, I I could see that. I could totally see that, you know, in there somewhere. I don't know how that would work, but they were talking about that. And then when that I Frankenstein thing, uh, came out, uh, the guy that plays Harvey Dent in the Batman movie, uh, uh, they were talking about having that, but that movie bombed so bad that they're like, "Eh, Um, uh, maybe
2: not. Yeah. I would like. I would like to offer. I know it's my offer, but I would like to put hot rod in there because I think hot rod is just one of those under. I can do it, yeah. Under the radar. Are you okay yep. with that, Jim?
0: Yes. <laughs> you
1: <Sorry, laughs> okay. have to I think know, about yes. it for a second. Okay. Dramatic pause. Okay. Yes. I know. I was like, wait. You know, is because it, it's right before cracking up. All right. So what we end up with is. Pop star never stop stopping. Which way is up?
0: uh... Uh,
2: You know, it's weird. This show's just very weird in general, and this one just says. No, it just says. It just says. uh, You've upset them, George. You've upset them. No Uh, one. No. No name. I don't think I need to be reading the ones without names. This came in and like just like anonymous kind of thing and just says you've upset them
1: that even, that's it doesn't even it doesn't make sense segment. yeah
2: like why why are you picking on George stop picking on George leave George alone
1: yeah if if you don't have enough to say then uh
2: yeah is that an email or is it a letter it's it's it would it was an email okay well
1: uh be more specific next time and uh it's literally
2: it's it's from anonymous I at anonymous.com I didn't realize that there was such a thing so I well, guess you I can... think
1: I think that's pretty cowardly uh, I but, do too all right uh so whatever uh pop star never stop stopping which way is up big trouble in little China one on one hang on let me pause for a moment. Uh the fish that saved Pittsburgh, sorry, grandma's boy. Uh Jim, would you like to pause a moment? What? Okay. Uh Hot Rod, <laughs> the whole uh underworld film series. Jim, you've you've really never seen any of these? No, nah, no. Nah. They're awful. Man. You really should. You really should. Give, <laughs> you should. Give, hey, I mean, you know what? And the thing is, watch any of them because they barely make sense. Uh, they they really. You, yeah, you don't have lore. to watch them in order. It's just vampires in tight latex jackets and you know bullets and they got bullets that have like the sunlight in them. These ultraviolet. It's crazy. Uh, next up, Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story. I think I do want some of that. <laughs> and then finally, Westworld, the mighty Yule Brenner. I think this was like one of his last roles, right? Do y'all know?
2: Yeah, yeah I think so. so. I remember that he was in Future World too.
1: That's you're right. He was in Future World with Fonda, filmed in Houston, Texas. Parts of it. So, uh, so there we go. Guilty pleasures four. Much better than Guilty Pleasures three. I think uh, that one was a little lacking, I but this too. one,
0: I think we brought. I think we brought our guilty game here. So yeah. <laughs> all right, there we go. CrispyCutterRobots dot uh, coms. So we need to go for all our information and all the things we do. Uh, just check it out there. Um, yeah, and uh, do we shoot com- this in the future, or do we just complain uh, about the other guys for a change? You know, <laughs> so, do we shoot this in the, up to the future, or do we do something special? Uh, I know we, the first time we've capsule. all the capsule. other guilty
1: pleasures, we, we've we just done the same thing with the canister. We've got the canister right. right here. Let's go ahead, oh, and shoot Joseph. That watch out, don't
0: hey, well, all right, we'll it's got start digging.
1: I don't know why it's greasy, that's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, all right, we are
1: done. Okay. Well, episode 196, Guilty Pleasures 4. Done. Done, boys. So uh, wow. remember, there's always tomorrow.
2: What is that? Wow, no yeah, interruption. There, yeah? Nice, nice. i don't know about singing
0: Fish to Save Pittsburgh, but I want to be more respectful. So. There we go.